0: Don't you always feel like the people who create radio should have their own cheering section, somebody who's on their side? Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories from some of the most amazing people in radio right now and uncovering the path forward in radio. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast. It will be available within about an hour. This specific episode, what you're hearing right now live, will be available at the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast within about an hour. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events at JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on Clubhouse or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. We actually have two podcasts. Listen up. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast. That's from our Wednesday night events. And the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. From tonight's event every monday we have a new episode for you on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcast today monday monday september 13th it's our up early and get the news live event and of course dale carter program director morning show host kfkf 94.1 in kansas city is with us also joining us today is Leslie Lotto. And listen, Leslie is the owner of Remote News Service. Wait till you hear what she does for work. You're going to like this. Before we get started with our guest for this live event, we always like to kind of touch down in next week, next Monday, September 20th. John Zellner is the president of Programming Operations for iHeartMedia National Programming Group New York. New York, he'll be with us, along with Annalise uh, Kaplan Mornings with a Cash Warren on ninety seven Three, the Eagle in North, North Virginia. They will both be here next Monday. You can see our full guest calendars for both of our live events every single week all the way into October, and I think one of them is all the way into November. It's on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series, and even more encouragement for local sellers with our encouraged sales success series plus free resources for anyone making their living in the radio business today. We don't lock away anything like some consultants do on their websites, so you can go directly to RainMakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people on stage at this live event and look around the room, too, for the people that you can connect with while you are here tonight as well. We do encourage Networking for the health of your broadcast career. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I am with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, LLC. In the old days, you remember the old days, a consultant comes in, he improves your radio station by 10 percent, and you are all good. That isn't uh, something that works very well today. Today. You have to know what listeners want. You have to give it to them. Get attention. Keep attention in your local market. Call about how our music lab prevents music drift and improves ratings. Our morning show fame development coaching also puts the accent and action in the right place to build opportunity for robust ratings growth and certainly you need that today. Ask about encouragement too. It's one of our services at Rainmaker Pathway. If you know somebody who's looking for fresh answers in their local market, we'd love to help them out. Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at rainmakerpathway.com. Let's check in with Miss Froglier in Riverside, San Bernardino. I want to know, how are you, Heather?
1: I'm good. Uh, Last week was one of our first weeks back in the office, so kind of getting used to that. It's still quiet um but yeah getting used to um working from an actual office
0: that's kind of a big deal because you've been out of it for a while and so you kind of have to get back in the groove and yeah i don't know you know people will say all right it's no big deal but it really kind of is it is you know you
1: don't realize you know what a blessing it was kind of to be able to be home and see your dogs every day and your child and you know that's kind of nice but um no i'm excited to be back
0: Well, not to mention that your dog's right now going, Hey, uh, (laughs) what's up? (laughs) Yeah. I look, I had a question planned for you, but, but you did so many things this weekend. I've got to scrap that right now and just look at you and go, look, can you tell us what you did this weekend? Why it was so cool. And, and, and what is it about that radio station? You guys are always doing things that are pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been around quite a long time, about 32 years now. And so, you know, we're the Heritage Country Station out here, and um, our listeners are just amazing. They're extremely loyal, as most of the country audience is. And, you know, when preparing for uh, the uh, September 11th, 20th anniversary, we wanted to do something... Um, that was positive because we all know where we were when, you know that tragedy happened. Um, but we wanted people to not leave feeling sad, you know, about the occasion, but feeling like they could make a difference. So we kind of put a spin on that ridiculous milk crate challenge. And we said, you know, we're going to do a 9-11 milk crate challenge, but we're going to fill 49 milk crates with non-perishable food for uh, three different veterans organizations out here. And we just set up a tent and everything and got the milk crates donated from the dairy and um, got some of the Vietnam veterans to come out and um, tied in a food truck. And we had those boxes or those crates filled within three hours so we kept going and we spent most of the day out in the parking lot of our offices and it was just a huge success and everybody you know felt very good about you know doing something
0: um, heather it made it made me so nervous i saw the i saw the crates and i was like oh god no they're doing that thing and i'm like that's completely (laughs) crazy and then i read it and i was like okay wait a minute and then and then you did the thing you did for veterans, and just to include them and bring that full force, was just pretty amazing. And you guys rocked it out.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, it was uh, it was a great day, and you always leave feeling, you know, just really proud to be in radio when you get to execute something like that. And again, it's been eighteen months since we've really been able to do. Anything where we've seen the public, you know we made it a drive through service, so it was easy, drop your cans off. we'll we'll take them from your trunk if you want, and so it was safe, and it was um it just really felt good.
0: I'm just really, you know, I'm always saying to people, you know, the people in our business who are always trying to fake it up and make it look like they're doing something, they're so missing out on the power of -hmm. what local radio is and how good that feeling is when you walk away from it. You go, wow, I can't believe that happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think about what we're blessed to be able to do what we do, because, you know, we all have you know, 50,000 watt microphone at our disposable or at our disposal. And what we do with it every day is up to us. We have the power to change people's lives, you know, be the champion for the music, ask people to give to causes like what we did on Saturday and, and, you know, be the voice for those that don't have a voice. So it was a rewarding weekend.
0: I appreciate you taking the lead and doing something like that and showing people how to do that. This is our early up, Get the news live event, and we don't have any guest coming up on this live broadcast that doesn't get up early <laughs> and bring a lot with them. So, could you please tell us about your guest on this live event?
1: I'm very excited. I'm intrigued by Leslie Lotto. She's the president and senior anchor of Remote News Service. Um, basically, they're a service that offers radio news and local content to stations who you know may not be able to afford a news team this is genius leslie so thank you for being a part of uh, the event today
2: thank you for having me
1: tell me let's start at the beginning tell me how you got your start in uh, in broadcasting
2: oh <laughs> that's easy so i always wanted to be a journalist and i did every other part of journalism i did print work i did pr um, and when I got into college, and I decided I didn't like either one of those, I tried radio, and that was it. I was just like hooked.
1: Everybody says that radio is like a drug. Once you get bit by the bug, <laughs> it's over,
2: or the mafia,
1: <laughs> or that too. <laughs> so, where did you where did you go to school or, or training for broadcasting, or you just had that natural talent?
2: Oh. Uh, I went to Cal State Long Beach in California and I did junior college for a couple of years and then I wanted to go away. It wasn't that far away, but I went away from my family who were in Los Angeles and I just did the two years there after junior college that so it was straight up all journalism there and it was ranked as a good journalism school and my grades sucked, so it was perfect for me.
1: I love it. How did you start uh, radio news service?
2: Remote news service started after one. You know, as we know in radio, we lose jobs frequently. So either we quit to go to a better market or we get laid off or fired or whatever it is. Um, I was uh, living in Los Angeles and I got a job in Montana and the job, the company that owned these stations, they were all brand new. started an Air America station for anyone who might remember Air America was a progressive talk and, um, they ran out of money. So they brought in a company that was super religious and they did not want a progressive talk station. And so they flipped my station at Jack FM. So I was out of a job and, um, I started podcasting And I was always an entrepreneur. I was a um, talent agent for years before that. So I just tried to find ways to make money um, off the podcast. And so I found some podcasting platforms. So this was a long time ago. We're talking about seven and podcasting was just really starting and I started to make money with my podcast and I made enough to buy myself this sweet little Blackberry. I was like, dang, I can make money doing this. So I'd had some people over the years ask me if I would email my news to them. And so I just kind of put two and two together and I was like, you know, maybe if I put a website up and I just use my talent as a talent agent in sales and just started calling radio stations cold and so I decided to start with Montana because I was living in Montana and I thought I would just do like a state news network. And one of my um, colleagues, well, an associate will just say from years before who was in radio, I told him my idea and he hired me right away and the rest is history. That is amazing. Where in Montana were you? I was in Missoula, which is where the <laughs> University of Montana is. Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, I'm from yes. Bozeman. Yeah, I'm from Bozeman. So, uh, oh. yeah, I'm a Bobcat girl. <laughs> like a, of, a little bit of competition today on the radio rally. <laughs> yeah. I think that is so genius, though, Leslie, because as you can imagine, I mean, I'm sure this has happened to you with the consolidation of radio, you know, over the last decade or so. I'm sure you're inundated with, you know, radio groups that need your services and they want to sound local. I mean, can you elaborate on, on the kinds of people that are, you know, seeking you out these days?
2: I wish I could say I was getting inundated. I inundate others. (laughs) So I do heavy marketing. Um, and you know, it's been a long time, so it's been a good 14 years. And, you know, when I started, it wasn't very easy. So I really hustled and then the, the, Uh, whatchamacallit recession hit so I lost some clients and then I built back up and you know it's like this roller coaster ride where people either love what you do or they just don't and I do have my very first client still and I have many others that have been with us for years I have 10 other news anchors that work for me or with me I like to say because I don't feel like I want to manage them Um, and you know over the time of the pandemic, I did lose a few clients, but I mostly tried to figure out a way to keep them by just lowering the amount of news they got, lowering their rates. I lowered the rates for almost every single client that I had. um, And I've built back up this year, thankfully. So now I I still wouldn't say I'm getting inundated, but I Mm -hmm. definitely have people that are super interested and and are curious about what we do.
1: I would think that uh, you know if uh, a young broadcaster is smart this would be a wonderful opportunity you know to get involved with you know learning how to be on the radio, delivering news, uh, you guys do entertainment reports, you know the whole nine yards. Do you see a lot of you know millennials showing interest in in what you do?
2: <laughs> That's hilarious no Ah. (laughs) not at all well first of all when i when i go to hire people i run ads or i tell people i ask my anchors first if they know anyone because i'd rather hire someone that that has been introduced to the concept um i uh run ads that say you have to have experience and 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 there's many reasons why, as you can imagine, but um, mostly because this is a deadline driven hard scrap. Yes, re- Work your ass off position. You cannot be lazy. You cannot think that there are short, you know, short ways in. I've caught people reading from the newspaper directly. All I had to do was dictate their newscast into Google and boom, up comes a newspaper article. So me? you have to be, I'm smarter than you are. So you have to be smarter than me and and, and teach me something because um, I want to learn mm-hmm. and I don't want to constantly be teaching people how not to do things.
1: I noticed um, on your website, what's really kind of uh, cool, you know, for anybody that would be interested is you actually offer what you call a rent and anchor service. And basically if some, you know, a station or group needed somebody, all you need is three hours to get it done. That's pretty huge.
2: It's more like six. Um, We need three hours notice. Um, So if if a current client came to me and said, hey, you know, I need someone, immediately or I do have clients that are just fill-in date clients so like they keep us um in their back pocket for vacation relief and sick days and things like that so a, a brand new client I would need six hours a current client I would need three that's that's really awesome
1: how do you you know when we have people on the encouragers it's obviously all about you know people that have a, a great passion for what they do how do you personally leslie you know maintain your passion for you know for radio for broadcasting for news you know you've been doing this a while how do you stay you know excited every day how do you stay excited to get up every morning
2: um that's a great question you know i there are days like everyone where you just feel like you don't want to work that day, especially like on Sunday nights when I have to do some of my early stuff for the next day. Um, but it is interesting. Uh, it is interesting work and sadly it's also devastating. Um, you know, like with the fires in California, you know, things mm-hmm. like that really hit me hard cause California is my home. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's varied and it's, it's every day is different. And I love, you know, I love getting new clients, not, not because of the money. It's because I love like learning from other people. Like I just got a new client in Alabama and just talking to the owner of the radio station was so much fun. Like he was just like a really fun guy. And I was like, dude, we need to do a talk show together. I mean, he was so funny and we just had so much in common. And you would think, you know, I I, I am, you know, more of a progressive person. Obviously my news is straight down the line. And so for me, I was thinking, oh, this guy is gonna want like something super conservative and he was railing on politics and it was so funny i was like wow i wouldn't expect this from someone from alabama but right on dude um so yeah i just really enjoy talking to new people who i may not have come across before i'm very social so even when i'm just out and about in the world I you know like to talk to people. I found a station literally five miles from my house, and they hired me. I mean, it's just like fun to meet new people and hear mm-hmm. about like like what we're talking about. Just hear about their passion for radio and
1: Well, I mean, say, for instance, a young woman comes to you looking for advice about you know starting a career in radio in in broadcasting. what What does Leslie tell her?
2: a young woman <laughs> well yeah, a, I would new, tell um, a young a new woman or a graduate. young man or i would tell anyone first i would probably ask them why and what exactly <laughs> they want to accomplish and and not why in a bad way just you know why what's your why why are you why do you want to be a doctor why do you want to be a veterinarian why do you want to get into radium um, and then i would encourage the heck out of it because First of all, there's too many bigger companies that are eating up the smaller stations. There's too many newspapers going out of business. Um, If they wanted to be in news, I would fully encourage that and um, ask them to send me demos here and there so I could critique them if they wanted me to. Whenever I hire someone, I always ask if they're coachable. That's super important to me. Um, and I wanna be coached. So I will, I will ask the anchors that work for me specifically, two of them, um, their opinion on things that come up because just because I'm the solo owner doesn't mean I can't always learn something new from someone else. Sure.
1: Um, we also like to ask who are your mentors and do you still keep in touch with
2: uh, them Mm, that's a that's a that's a hated one for me. I I could when I saw that you were going to this was going to be something uh, that might come up, I thought, gosh, who? And I only really could think of one. And sadly, he's passed away. He was the news director at a radio station in Los Angeles called KGIL, which no longer exists unless somebody has those call letters now. Um, But it was a news talk station and it was way, way, way back in the day. I don't want to say the year because I'll totally age myself. But it was a long, long time ago. Lots of famous talk show hosts started there. Um, It was in the San Fernando Valley and his name was Ed Zeal. And it was just an awesome awesome opportunity like here I am in college and this guy is teaching me how to be a news writer and I'm not like over at another radio station filing records in their record library because they actually still use records. Um, I'm, I'm actually, you know, writing stuff and then I learned how to produce um, talk shows and just like total like, you know, hardcore starting out radio stuff that you wouldn't learn really in an internship. It was it was a great opportunity. And my other mentors are people that I wouldn't even call a mentor. I would call them bad examples of how not to be a boss. <laughs> and And I look at that in a way as a mentor because a lot of them at big major radio stations are not nice people they're bullies and i think god how have you stayed at that radio station for such a long time i don't like bullies and and it taught me exactly the opposite of how to treat people um but there are great people there are so many great like lloyd i would think of lloyd as like lloyd is pretty okay be a <laughs> great mentor um But no, there are people, there are other people, I'll send notes over LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, could I pick your brain or could I ask you a question? I don't think I've ever had anyone say no. Um, I have uh, one consultant friend who, his name's Steve, and whenever I email him, bam, he responds immediately. People like that I think of as mentors because they are willing to help and they're willing to step up. And, um, I hope that I'm the same kind of person.
1: That's awesome. That's great advice. And you're right. You know, there's, there's always a, a couple, you know, but, um, congratulations on all your success. And I appreciate you being Thank a part you. of this today. It was fun getting to know you. We're going to have you hang tight for a little bit because at the end after Dale, uh, we may have some questions from the audience for you. Okay, Leslie.
2: Sweet. Thanks, Heather.
0: Oh, I absolutely love when we have somebody like Leslie on our live event and And I know that you could pick up on this. Let me just say that I've known her for a long time now. And I when I first saw her pop up on the scene, I had to get to know her a little bit. So I reached out and she was so great and and so great about explaining this is what I want to do. And this is what I think the need is. And this is why I'm passionate about it. And you can just tell how honest she is. And that might be. Off putting a little bit, but really in in truth, that's what you want is partners who will tell you the truth and partners who will cut through and go, this is where we're going and this is how this works. And of course, if you know me, you know that when she said I don't like bullies. That's kind of a cool thing. Uh, Amen. I, those, those people are my favorite. In other words, people who don't like bullies, gear up here. The Encouragers are a great place for you. I do want to thank you, Heather, and thank you, Leslie. By the way, you can catch Heather's show on the K-Frog stream anytime, and of course, a variety of others in the West, too, because as you know, she's very, very busy. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit uh, with radio with our group called The Encouragers. Uh, please make your mark now. If you haven't joined the encouragers, do it tonight while you're here live. We do have at least two live events every single week designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. And and now is the time for me to really tell you about some special things going on. Different events than our normal Clubhouse events we want you to be aware of since this might really pivot on some great interest for you. Uh, Both of them are going to happen here on the encouragers on the Clubhouse app. The first one that I can tell you about is going to be what we call event number one, September 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. That is a Tuesday. Look for us to share details, including comments directly from participants in a brand new research study that was done nationwide you can learn what consumers are saying after the 2020 lockdowns because this was done in july and august of this year and of course as people are headed back to work. You might be surprised at what you learn. This presentation is a major research study from Fichuri, uh directly linked to listener behavior and what they want. And get this, the study we're talking about, uh, September 21st, was fielded after the lockdown, so you know it's fresh information. Our special guest will be Aaron Callahan, Director of Enterprise Partnerships at Futuri Media. Our second special event, well, you probably guessed it, if you're into music and that's your thing, If you are serious about programming, developing an audience for your radio station or developing an audience anywhere with music, or you just want to be the best music director in your market, this is a must attend live event. We will do this one time only. We are calling it the Friday Night Live Event with Guy Zapoleon. Friday, October 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The event is actually called Music Research and Rotations. What will we talk about? We'll talk about music, music discovery. Research, rotations, how it was done then, how it's done now with Guy Zapolian. And he does have some incredible, incredible insights for us. Our next guest right now on today's event is the program director of KFKF in Kansas City. He does mornings. Now, he's also got other jobs, right? So let's talk about that. He's the program director at KFKF. He does mornings, but he's also doing something else unbelievable. Dale Carter is the stadium announcer for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. Welcome, Dale Carter, to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you, Dale? Lloyd, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. You know, you're wonderful every time I talk to you. You know, uh, we like to to get in touch with the, you, when you started this radio thing, what was your first connection Dale Carter to radio?
3: Well, let me put it this way. You know, after a 42 year career celebrated my 42nd anniversary in the business in August, I decided I was going to write a book. I don't even know if I've told you this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an autobiography, Starting with something that was a very critical event in my career, and then going all the way back to the beginning of my life. And right now I'm in 1982. And it's. Oh, wow. I, you know, I'm going through a lot of the old stories and researching things and talking to people that I knew early on, but to tell you where my story started, it started in the basement of my parents' house. Now I haven't told many people this, it's going to be in the book, so it's going to be out there. I don't know if anybody's going to read it other than my kids, but, um, you know, the stories are going to be out there. So you have to imagine the basement in this small house that my parents had, it was my world, right? I had a little radio studio over here. I had an electric football game, if you remember that. I do. Okay, I had an electric football game on a table. That was our football stadium. Um, I had a train set. I had a slot car set, all the buildings. It was my own world. And I would spend hours down there coming up with stories about all of the people who lived in that world. I would do the play-by-play of the football games that we set up. I was really a weird kid, and my parents were really worried. Oh, oh, wait a minute. You think they were worried? (laughs) Well, they were worried, you know, and especially when I started talking about wanting to explore radio, you know, my stepfather had been in the military. He was a police officer and he was really encouraging me to start thinking about a military career. Um, and I told him, I think I want to do this radio thing. So, You know, I started doing like announcing gigs. My brother was a BMX bike racer, so I did announcing for the BMX races. I was a DJ at a skating rink. Um, And then when I got to high school, my high school offered radio classes. So I've always felt like, as, as we go through this story, Lloyd, I mean, I've always felt like God is in my life and working in ways that I may not see right now. But as I look back, when I was going to go this way,
0: I was encouraged to go this way. And, and right. I'm, I'm very, I'm spiritual in that way. Well, so, you know, you know, it's interesting over the weekend, uh, you know, the History Channel did this whole thing on 9-11 and they talked about these moments where people made a decision to turn left instead of go right. Yeah. They made a, you know, uh, Seth MacFarlane was 11 minutes late for his flight and he would have been on the Boston flight. Boom. Totally different. Now, you know, I see you in your basement and, and there it is. There's a a football stadium. I mean, dude, did you know anybody in the radio business when you were a kid? Did you, did you know anybody? Let me go back one more step, and that's the
3: station that I listened to as a kid. You have to remember, Evansville was a great medium market for radio. A lot of great stories, uh, and I've had the honor and and pleasure of working with a lot of these names, um, came through Evansville. So when I was a kid, the big rock and roll station was WGBF. It was the River City Rocker. And names you may know, like Buddy Scott, Charlie Quinn, Harry Lyles. They were the oh, people yeah. I listened to on my local radio station. So so they were the ones who sort of got me interested in it. But my connection to it was a guy named Red Walker. Red was big in my church, um, and he was general manager at WROZ, which was the AM country station in town. And I started uh, bugging Red. I said, I, I think I want to, you know, and I'm like 15 at the time. I want to be in radio. I want to do this. And he sicked me on his program director, which is a great tactic that a general manager will do sick you on the program director oh they would um, get rid you, of you right oh man i bugged the crap out of him their studios were in downtown evansville so that summer it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year in high school i rode the city bus to downtown evansville i got a job as a day camp counselor at the ymca and tiny hughes the morning guy and program director at wroz let me sit in on the morning show for that entire summer So every morning, like at o dark 30, I was going down to the radio station and sitting in on his show. And then ultimately, you know, he had an opening midnight to six on
0: Sunday morning. And um, that's where my career began. So this is so interesting because you have got the football stadium, and now we have a whole summer watching a morning show, which probably ruined you right there. You're probably sucked right in. Absolutely
3: out. did. You know because you know in radio classes in high school, Ray Beggerly was our radio teacher, and he is one of my all time heroes. Uh, he was at my Hall of Fame induction in Nashville in 2011. Unfortunately, nice. since passed. On. Oh, um, yeah. But um, you know we had classes like radio DJ, radio directing, cause there was always a director for the DJ. And I asked Tiny Hughes, you know, where's the director? <laughs> he just laughed at me and he said, oh yeah, that Ray Beggerly." you know, that it was the classroom <laughs> side of radio. And then it was the, the real side of radio. So, you know, and, and I always, radio to me was not a music thing. I know a lot of people get into radio because they're drawn love to the music. music. I was drawn to radio And uh, a a play-by-play guy in Evansville for years and years, a guy named Jigs Duvall, um, he told me, do whatever you can to get into the radio station because I wanted to do sports. That's where I really wanted to be. And I landed on the air being a a DJ, and and that's where I've made my bones. But I've always done a lot of other things in radio.
0: It's so interesting. Now, you know, we all have a story about being in this business. Some of us got many stories, like yourself. If you look back to little Dale Carter, there are moments in your career that you probably, in no way could you imagine the Dale Carter of today, right? Mornings on KFKF, programming, and that job with the Chiefs, right?
3: You know, I wanted, this will sound really weird, but in my little weird world, and I also had like a television there, and so I'd watch games, and I'd have like the earphone thing plugged in, and I would do play-by-play. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be like the play-by-play guy of the Cubs. I wanted to be Harry Carey. I wanted to be the play-by-play guy of the Dallas Cowboys. I was a big Roger Staubach fan. I wanted to do all those things, but to imagine it coming to fruition. You know, until 1984, I didn't even know that I wanted to do this for a living. It was just kind of something I was doing. And then, you know, when I got my first program director job at 21 in 1984, that's when it went from kind of a cool, fun hobby to, I think this is going to be my job.
0: So, so listen, l- let's, let's talk about Evansfield for a minute, but not early early let's catch you up to you know you want to be in this maybe that transitional piece where you became a program director and you went oh wait a minute this is me can you tell us what you learned from your time in Evansville because that that was a fundamental time for you I think It was. Let me back up before the program
3: director job. I was working nights at a top 40 station, WKDQ. It's country now, but it was top 40 then. And I want you to listen to the names of the staff people we had at that radio station. Our program director was a guy named Gabe Hobbs. Gabe Hobbs would go (laughs) on to be a major talk guy, right? Um, Right. Our afternoon guy was Ron Payne. Some people know him as Night Train Ronnie Lane uh, from Tampa. Uh, Scott Chase was our midday guy. He's been the program director at WSKZ in Chattanooga for a very long time. Our afternoon news guy was Bill Lockhart. Uh, He's the program director at WGOW in Chattanooga. And our part-timer young guy whose job it was to play hooks down the line in an early form of research was John Ivey. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding at all. I mean, that was our staff, and I was a part of that staff. But you think about all the program directors that came out of that. But again, I was a kid in high school doing nights on a Top 40 station. So I get fired. <laughs> which of course you do. <laughs> right. It's 1984. I end up at WYNG, which was a country station then. I was doing middays, which screwed up a whole year of college for me because – I, you know, I had classes during the day because I worked at night Oh, sure. and, and that all got flipped in that semester. So um, by the end of that year, a guy named CJ Jones was brought in by Beasley. The station I worked for was owned by the Beasley Group. And he was instructed to fire everybody because we were a 50,000-watt FM country station. My old station, WROZ, was a 5,000-watt country station, and they were kicking our ass. Hmm. And he was instructed to fire everybody, scorched earth. And he kept two people. Sam Yates was the overnight guy. Sam would end up doing the morning show there. And then he called me in and he said, look, I see a little of me in you. Um, I want you to be the program director. And I thought he was crazy. Um, And he said, oh, I said, what's my choice here? What if I don't really want to be the program director? He said, Mm -hmm. I'll bring in somebody else. He might not like you, and he might fire you. And I'd already been fired once
0: that year. I didn't want to get fired again. So I took the job. Okay. So we're going to write that down as how to motivate Dale Carter. (laughs) 101 right there. Give him a choice. Yes. Now, Now, look. I, I'm gonna to talk to you seriously about something. When when we see somebody who's so successful in our business, and let's face it, I know that you are self-deprecating all the time because I've known you for a long time, but let's face it, that's you. You're very successful in this business. Mornings on KFKF for a long time, programming KFKF for a long time. Kansas City Chief Stadium announcer people can tend to look at you and go, oh, you know what? Everything that Dale Carter touches turns to gold. Well, that's, that's not really what we do on the encouragers. We like to say, look, that isn't the way life works all the time. It's just like you said, you know, how do you know you're, you're on radio? You, you get fired. Can you give us some examples of setbacks that you've had and how you've worked to stay positive in this business? Well, I can tell you
3: that my run at WYNG, and, you know, you talk about how long I've been in Kansas City. I've had four jobs since 1980. Right. Uh, I've had this this job in Kansas City I've had for 26 years, 24 on the morning show. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, um, when I was in Evansville programming WYNG, um, I had an opportunity, and this is where I think God works in our lives, as corny as that may sound to some people. It's true. Um, I was approached by George Toulis to interview for the WUBE Cincinnati job. Um, I went over and I talked to him. I had just gotten married for the second time. I had kids in Evansville. And my wife at the time, um, we left the interview and she was crying, said, I don't want to move to Cincinnati. Now, think of a move from Evansville to Cincinnati. It's like three (laughs) hours away. Right. so far you know yeah so i called george george said it was down to two people me and another guy turned out that was tim clausen good for tim Mm. and i told george um just take me out of consideration because even if you offered me the job she wouldn't want to move so i stayed in evansville and then less than a year and a half later you know through several um what was the what was the term that was used earlier leslie that that you you coined some um Brutal people, bullies.
2: Bullies. Bullies. bullies.
3: Yeah, that was it. Okay, well, I worked for one of those, and then he got fired. The next guy came in, and I thought he'd be awesome because he looked the part, salt and pepper hair, wore a suit, yada, 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 and he was worse. He sat in his office, lights off, you know, thinking the world was against him. <laughs> so against all odds, Lloyd, I got fired at WYNG. I was the morning guy. We were the number one station in the market, isn't Why that crazy you fire that guy <laughs> oh yeah yeah and they enforced my non-compete so uh, you know it, it gave me three months to think about what i wanted to do i got to turn down a couple of jobs But then, you know, the job that fit me best was WWYZ in Hartford, which was a lot further away than Cincinnati. Oh, yes. Um, And so we moved to Hartford for a short period of time. But, you know, through that setback, you know, I found out how many friends I had. I I took out a yellow pad and I wrote down every name I knew and I called everybody. And uh, there were a lot of people out there who were helping me, who had my back and uh, got me interviews with jobs I ultimately turned down. Uh, until I got to Hartford. And uh, that was a wonderful uh, little bridge uh, between Hartford and Kansas City.
0: You know, I said I've known you for a long time. I know why people would reach out and help you for sure. Look, have you had mentors in this business? I know you have. But look, we're talking about people that you would reach out for a touch of guidance here and there.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because you had him on this this deal, Uh, Mm. Joe Bell. Oh, yeah. Interesting story Joe Bell is because I'm in Hartford for two and a half years, and then I get the opportunity to come to Kansas City. In the meantime, Joe gets the general manager's job at the station that fired me in Evansville. And that thing, I even heard Joe on this talking about that thing was the Titanic. It was going down. And he called me in Kansas City. He said, I've never met you but i've heard your name about 10 times since i took this job uh will you help me <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, so i went home to evansville and i tried but there was no saving that radio station um but it forged a, a lifelong friendship now with joe bell um and joe is one of those people that you know anytime that that i bump up against something that that's hard i'm gonna call joe um you're a guy that i call when, when oh, things get oh, difficult wow. like that um cool. Ted Kramer, you know, you talk about Ted Kramer put my radio station on the air five months before I was born in 1963. Um, And Ted, believe it or not, is still active in this business. He's doing middays in West Virginia, Parkersburg, West Virginia. He's on a froggy station in Parkersburg. So now instead of Ted Kramer, it's uh, Ted Hopper. Of course it is. Which is is incredible. (laughs) He's 86 years old, and he's on the air every day. He is definitely my hero and one of my mentors. Right. He doesn't have any backup either. He just goes full bore,
0: right? He shows he's an awesome guy. He shows the way. So, so listen, uh, let's talk about this. What is so difficult about doing mornings in 2021? And while we're at it, uh, talk a little bit about the crowded country morning show choices in Kansas City.
3: Well, I will tell you that When I came to Kansas City, uh, we well, not when I came here, but but ultimately through consolidation, we were owned by CBS for about 10 years. And when we were owned by CBS, my one radio station, KFKF, had 11 full time people and 15 part timers. Mm. Wrap your brains around that (laughs) 11 full time people on one radio station. Oh, yeah. Uh, Today, I have three. You know, we had a full on morning show with there. There were like five of us on the show. Today, it's me. I am doing the show by myself. I'm doing the news. I'm producing it. I, you know, I put it together. I execute it every day. So that is different. And and in terms of how it fits in the crowded market that we have, because we have three country stations, our station really had to find itself. You know, we did a study back in the day. Um, when it was us and q one oh four we still own q one oh four and the third country station had just moved to fm where it is now at one oh six point five the wolf um, and they said q your job is really easy you're the young country station you're the new country station KF a little more difficult you're the spectrum station well what in the hell does that mean? So we had to we had to define that. We had to figure out what that was. That's right. And so you know we have principles that we live by every day. God, family, country, you know, uh, the country, you know, and the new stuff when it's good enough. Those are the things we stand for. And those are the things that we believe in. Uh, But in terms of mornings, you know, it's just me and the other two have, you know, full on teams. Um, A lot of talk on those stations. There's more music on mine. Mine is more focused. Um, Still a lot of content. But I'm in and out of things.
0: It's such a and, huge and I, deal to do a morning show by yourself. And, and not, we're not even talking about being the program director, too. Those are two big jobs. They are. Did you? They are, you
3: know, I, I was blessed, Lloyd, with a work ethic that I got from my grandparents and my parents. Um, uh, that's just, that's there just it who is. I am. There it is. Um, I, yeah. Did, I don't shy away from it. I, you know, I'm up at two o'clock every morning. I'm in my office at three. I have it regimented out. I mean, you know, you, you kind of have to. Right. So I spend the first hour uh, using all of the sources that I have to come up with what the show is going to be today. And then I spend the hour before plugging in all the elements so that they'll all fire the right way. And, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm playing Twister in there. I bet it but, does. You know, the ratings reflect that it's it's going
0: well, has gone well. So uh, right, you, look, you've been a very consistent voice in that market for a long time. Did you always want to do mornings? Because let's face it, you're a morning show guy. You are. When did you know? I have,
3: I have fallen into it three times. Right. Not by any, you know, uh, we lost a morning guy in Evansville. We didn't have him under contract. I tried two other people in that slot, and both were terrible failures. And the the last guy, I had to fire him right before the book started, and so I went in as a Band-Aid. Well, guess what? We had incredible ratings that came out of that, so I was stuck. Um, right. Hartford, kind of the same thing. The last six months, uh, we had lost the legendary morning guy. We, we tried somebody. It didn't work out, so I ended up in there. And Kansas City, kind of the same deal. You know, um, we had a guy who had been there forever. In fact, he was the stadium voice of the Chiefs for a long time. Oh, wow. I let him go from KFKF, and then the Chiefs let him go and hired me 13 years ago. So I'm not getting any Christmas cards from that guy. I um, guess not. Yeah. Um, and so, so I've kind of fallen into it three times. But like I said, God works in mysterious ways. And I guess I was meant to be a morning guy.
0: Absolutely. Listen, a lot of people are not good at programming and doing mornings at the same time. It takes balance and usually something suffers. It's it's worse with some people, of course. What is your secret to balancing these two intense jobs? Well, my first programming job in Evansville,
3: I developed a principle that I've always lived by. I wanted everybody on the air to have a 24 seven responsibility for the station. Um, whether that be a production director, a music director, a promotions director, everybody on the station had to have a 24 seven responsibility. I put good people in those jobs and then I let them do their job with guidance from me. So at KFKF, there's only three of us. So it's, me, Tony Stevens, who's been there since the mid eighties as the music director, the joke before I got the PD job, there was Tony had been the interim PD longer than any one PD had ever been, there.
0: <laughs> never been the PD. Yeah. So,
3: but that, you know, I, that was 26 years ago when I got the job. So I think I've covered that one. Um, and then Ed Walker does afternoons for me and he is a tremendous production guy. So, oh, really. I, i spend wednesdays with tony working on music i spend thursdays with ed working on imaging Um, i spend tuesdays with the promotions team that we have that covers all four of our stations so and then monday is my podcast which i know you want to get to in a little bit absolutely and friday i leave early
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh now that's nice you you have worked it to where you not only are you you have great ballots you have great ratings uh, but you also leave early on Friday. I like the way this is going. Okay. How long have you been the stadium announcer for the Chiefs? This is my 13th season, which, you know, there have
3: been highs and there's certainly been lows. Um, I'm the only AFC announcer, AFC conference announcer, who has done three championship games at home, back to back to back. That's never been done before.
0: Man, What, what kind of job is that really like, Dale? what is Um, it
3: like it's a long day i'll tell you that it's um most people think you just show up you do the game and you go home it's an eight hour day um i'm there five hours before kickoff for meetings with the production team because it's an integrated deal it's not just me saying who carried the ball i mean it's it's the jumbotrons tied into the music tied into a script Mm -hmm. um it's a full-on production wait wait
0: you have a you
3: have a script also, Oh, yeah. Well, there's a script for like all of the commercial reads that happen, but during sure. the game, that's all read and react. But our control room, Lloyd, I mean, it's a television control room because we're right. essentially doing a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a big deal. And it's, it's a lot of hard work. And the game yesterday, you know, my gosh, um, first of all, with our team, it's always really intense. Um, don't watch us early because we tend to get way <laughs> behind, and then we tend to win. <laughs> so well, it's crazy. That's what you want. It's, it's not how you start, <laughs> it's how you finish, right? Exactly. But I want to say I was also there, you know, for the 2-14 and 14 season when we only won one home game. So mm-hmm. I've been on both sides of this. One's better than the other, right, Dale and there's no doubt about it winning is always winning is the best deodorant whether you're talking about radio or uh, football or any other pursuit in life
0: it just doesn't matter winning is a good thing you're look, your story is one of service community and digging in to get things done i mean you've already kind of told us that you're down to this one person morning show and winning 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 you you must have some of that tiger blood is what i'm thinking but, but listen <laughs> you you've also run for office can you tell Tell us briefly about that and slip in the podcast, too, if you want to, please. Sure. I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm a multi-interest
3: guy. I mean, I've, I'm ADD to the nth degree. I didn't get the age, which is why I've had a weight problem my entire life. So I'm not ADHD. I'm ADD, which is why mornings is really good, because it's different every day and there's it's constantly moving. But politics has always been an interest of mine. My uh, degree in college is not communications, it's political science and history. Um I've lived in the same community here, and it's a suburb of Kansas City, Blue Springs, 20 miles east of Kansas City. I've lived here the entire 26 years we've lived out here. I've been very involved in the school district, Chamber of Commerce, and I ran for city council in 2010, and I won. I served three years. Um, I ran for mayor last year and did not win in a crowded field. I'm not sure where we go from there on that.
0: Well, Well, and just to be clear, it, to do those things, you have to go out and you have to fundraise, right? That's not easy. That's the absolute worst
3: part of it. And the only thing holding me back from ever doing it again is the fact that I would have to call people and ask for money. I'm just, I'm terrible at that. I hate it. Um, but I love doing the job. I love making a difference for my community. When you see a problem and you're able to pull people together to solve it, it's it's much like radio. When you've right. got a problem at the radio station, you pull everybody into the conference room and it's go we got a problem. How do we fix this? And the best way and to fix it is with everybody, right?
0: Yeah. City government's the same way. Okay. Well, well listen, let, let, let's get down to some real advice for local personalities in our business. What is the very best thing local personalities can do to help ensure a great career in the future of radio?
3: I have four idea, four tips, if you will. One is take care of yourself. You got to be healthy. Um, You can't, you know, you can't do a morning show like I'm doing and swing from the vines. You can't go out to a concert, be out till 10 or 11 o'clock and turn around and do a morning show. You just can't do it. Something something has to give. And that's that Um, you got to show up every day and you got to be consistent. And then lastly, I would say, find a way to get yourself into the revenue stream of the radio station. I have cemented my position as best you can in our business, always with a caveat that you never know. (laughs) But to the best of my ability, I've cemented my position by getting myself into the revenue stream. I have several clients who advertise for, you know, I do their commercials um, and they would not be on the station without me. And, And that gives you some power, especially when a troll. And I won't mention his name. Comes <laughs> to town He's part of an ownership group. I think wait, you know wait, who I'm talking. Wait, about. but you and I know who that is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you're when you're generating six figures of income for the station, it gives them pause before
0: they run you for making too much money. You know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, I did the radio State of the Union with Mike McVeigh. And as we were talking about how to cement yourself in a job in today's environment, he was talking about how at a corporate level, you know, he can't even say how many times that they were going, we've got a cut. And there are these big salaries, especially morning show people. Right. And. And they get to so and so's name and they go, well, you know, there's $118,000 or $150,000 tied to this person in endorsements. And he said, suddenly they're off the list. So that's what yeah. you're uh, recommending as well, right?
3: That's absolutely correct. Um, you know, and I'll be honest with you, you know, our business has changed. I think everybody would recognize that. Correct. um I am making today in a base salary less than I made when I started on the morning show in 1997. Is that Um, right? For me, it's been all about reduced debt. I think you know me well enough to know that. In fact, um, uh, tomorrow I'm going to make my last car payment. The only debt I'll have Hmm. left is a house that I own for another 10 years, and then I'll be completely debt-free. That is very important in this environment to be debt-free.
0: Absolutely. Dale, I I want to thank you for, for making this time for us. You know, people don't understand doing so many of these things, you know, for you to set aside some extra time for us is really cool. I appreciate you joining us on The Encouragers. I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in case people in our audience have some questions for you. Glad to do it every week we have visits. We're very fortunate to have visits from radio pros in different parts of the country at all different levels. And we do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people that you ordinarily might not hear in an intimate setting talk about radio right now and you can meet them on our clubhouse events we do want you to follow the people on the stage and the people around the room look around the room see who you might want to connect with because uh, we all know the bullies are out this is all about encouraging our purpose is to encourage and networking is a big part of encouraging your career in the radio business don't forget next week Monday September 20th John John Zellner, who's the president programming operations, iHeart Media National Programming Group, New York, New York, is going to be with us. Annalise uh, Kaplan is going to be with us. She's mornings with Cash Warren at 97.3, the Eagle in North Norfolk, Virginia. We're going to learn about her job. That's a brand new job for her, too. You don't want to miss what both of these people are going to share with us next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we encourage you to pass that along to others as well, because we are trying to encourage people to understand what it is that we're doing here. We're going to open up the room in case there are questions questions that you have for our guest right now, you can just press the button at the bottom of your screen on your iPhone or Android device. Looks like a little notepad in the hand. I'm sure they meant for that to really be a smartphone, but I guess that's as close as they got. So uh, I do want you to do that at this time. Remember that when we do pull you up, please go ahead and mute your microphone because we may not ask you to speak right away and we will address you by name, of course. Uh, as we uh, start this process, I will say this uh, check in anytime for the latest updates as we continue to add guests. We publish our full updated schedule at rainmakerpathway.com. That's also where you can get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We don't lock away anything on our website and we are here to encourage your career. We care about the people in the radio business. Look for our free blog section and get the hook up and share it with friends as well also don't forget that you can join us on wednesdays as well on clubhouse live for our innovation and audio with skip dillard from wbls and hot 97 in new york city as usual we will have two guests but just like normal on innovation and audio only one will be from radio itself the other is usually somebody who handles and works consistently with innovation i call them being from the innovation field, and it'll be obvious to you, believe me, uh, who that is. They're not always tied directly to radio or even audio. It's our way of giving you a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, handling innovation uh, on the spot. This Wednesday, just two days from now, our live innovation and audio event will feature Mike Pell, who is, get this, he's in a vision ear okay that's that's also he's the director of the microsoft garage have you heard about this in new york city he is going to share how they're doing something incredibly incredibly different with the microsoft garage in new york city so let's talk questions right now for dale or leslie or anyone on our panel um and the first person up will be john do you have a question for somebody on our panel Yes, uh, Lloyd, I've got a question for Dale Carter and Dale, I wanted to uh, I wanted to commend you first for <laughs>
3: being a, a real trooper uh, wearing a couple of hats and uh, and doing so well in a very competitive environment uh, of country
0: radio in Kansas City. My question for you is um, the unique the unique music mix you have on KFKF. Can you speak about that a little bit?
3: Oh, there you go. I found the mute. <laughs> the, yeah, well, because we had to find our lane, you know, um, and our lane is we're the country station and we're we're not ashamed about that. Um, there are at any given week on any given week, there are eight to 10 in the top 30 that we're not going to play. We'll never play. Uh, there have been number ones we haven't played. Uh, but if you listen to my station and you give it an hour, what you're going to find is we made a change. Gosh, almost 10 years ago, instead of doing what traditional country or traditional radio stations do with power gold, secondary gold, lunar gold, we went to era based coding. So within an hour, you're going to get basically every era of country music that we play. All the way back to the the 90s in, in a regular rotation i mean in a special sense we might go back a lot further than that but just in regular rotation so in an hour you're going to get the full spectrum uh, but it won't be in terms of power gold secondary lunars it's going to be in, in era code,
0: if that makes sense love it love it well listen i have a question for leslie and leslie you know when you started doing this, did it make you nervous to add clients? Because it's no small order what you're doing as a remote news service.
2: What do you mean nervous?
0: Well, you know, you got to juggle all these balls in the air. And you talked about, one, being an entrepreneur, and two, adding other people. And I love your spirit and energy of going, look, I'm not trying to add people who are not interested in this lane and you can do that in this business you can add people that ultimately will not be as interested in it and you talked about that a little bit where you can pull up actual newscasts that are coming directly from a newspaper that's not for you okay did it make you nervous to go from one client to three clients to oh my god you know did that make you nervous
2: you know what no i got excited I got really excited. I also teach yoga. And one of the things that I've learned from years ago was do one thing every day that scares you. And so to me, you know, there are moments where I go, oh my God, it's getting, my company is getting too big. And I'm, I'm nervous about it because can I handle it? Can I find great people? finding people is the hardest part of growth. Um, but thankfully, knocking on wood over here, everything's worked out
0: quite well. You know, I think a lot of people have learned that finding people is the hardest part of being in business. When people went through yes. COVID, did that did that affect you?
2: No, the, the thing that affects me when when there's like a big, you know, layoff, like one of the big companies lays off 50 people or whatever, is that sure. people come running over thinking, oh, I'm going to do this as a bridge to my next gig, but I don't hire those people. I hire people mm. who are looking for supplemental income, who want a side hustle, who want, you know, maybe they're retired, but they they don't want to be out of the business or they're out of the business and they miss it too much. So they just want like one little tiny client. So they're still doing radio. Um, nice. Yeah, so so I hope that answered that. <laughs>
0: Listen, I I always want to commend you when I have these conversations with you because you're you, first you're so serious and then you laugh, you know. But but I know when it comes to the business of being that entrepreneur, you're really serious, and I just appreciate your viewpoint for us here on the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. Well,
2: thanks, and I want to tell Dale that he needs to have a news person, and we have experience in Evansville. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hmm i was gonna i was gonna see if you could hook me up
0: maybe i could in my spare time anchor some news
2: oh, there you go oh, i love when i get those calls <laughs> well, yeah,
0: well listen Leslie. you know he is taking friday afternoons off so i mean <laughs> he doesn't have enough going on that's true
2: i like that about you dale i also take friday afternoons off <laughs>
0: Wow. All right. So I have uh, somebody that I think will ask a really good question. I'm not to put put pressure on her, but Ashley, do you have a question for somebody on our panel?
1: Um. Yeah. Sure, Lloyd. Uh, Leslie, it, it kind of sounds like you were a little bit ahead of the curve uh, when it comes to what is probably today considered a, a hub, quote unquote. And I think that. Um, Some of uh, the folks in our business have kind of demonized the hub as it's really decentralized uh, as far as like providing voice tracking and news and whatnot, and perhaps Dale can speak to this as well, but um, I think that when the hub is done well then um, it could sound really great on the air and it doesn't matter where people are located. But what is the importance of providing local information to the communities that you
0: serve?
2: I have a great story. I'll try to make it really quick, but that is hugely important, especially like in the case, like I said, about the fires in California. I mean, what if a radio station burns down, you know, I can still be on the air if their tower's up. Um, If there's somebody who can remotely run the station from their house, I can still be providing that news that they need. Um, But one time I was I was living in Montana when I started this company, I'm in New York now, and I was at a girlfriend's house barbecuing. And she was from Napa and her best friend was visiting from Napa. Well, I happen to have a client in Napa. And so the woman said, God, your voice sounds so familiar. And I was like, oh, um, I didn't know where she lived or anything. Where do you live? You know, what's your story? Where do you work? Blah, blah, blah. And she told me and I said, well, I do news in Napa. And she was like, well, what's your name? And I said, Leslie Lotto. And she said, what? And I said, yeah. And she was like a light went off. She didn't understand how I could live in Montana and be doing news in Napa. So that was really cool for me because then I realized, yeah, this is working like this person had no clue that I did not live in Napa. So um, it, it was it was sort of ahead of the curve. I wasn't the first to do it. There was another company before me. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I run into, to this on occasion where people are shocked that we don't live in the market. So I'm, I'm pretty proud well. of that
3: i i would say gee if i could say something you know just to be on the other side of that because we're not a big company steel city media has six stations four in kansas city two in pittsburgh so we're never going to have a hub system per se um i um didn't want to do voice tracking at first i thought it was the the second coming of evil um but you know what i have learned is it allows you to have your frontline troops on the air all the time we were the station that had 11 full-timers 15 part-timers and we didn't make our full-timers work weekends now my my frontline troops are on the air most of the time executing what it is we want to do but you know for for me you know doing the morning show Um, When we hit when I hit 20 years as host of the morning show, we did a 20 city thank you tour. And I just concluded the 24 city thank you tour because it's 24 years. You can't do that from a hub. You can't, you know, every Wednesday and Thursday go out to a different town and shake hands and kiss babies almost like a political campaign because you're not there. So I think there is advantage to being live and local.
0: Well, and I will just point this out. You know, I'm kind of like Dale, you know, in that reluctant lane of, hey, I don't like the voice tracking and blah, blah, blah. But you reach a certain point where you realize that the real factor of being live and local is what you do with your creativity and what you put on the air and what is that relationship with the audience. Listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live event is that you can just listen. No one is required. We don't force you to ask questions. I want to thank you for joining us every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, it's simple. You just email me, F-O-R-D RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. This is our opportunity to kind of give you a boost on Mondays. You will learn something on these events. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. A big thank you to Heather Froglier for being our great co-host for this event. I also want to say thanks to Leslie and Dale for being our very patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for Producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available very shortly here. Uh, and, of course, to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast please do feel free to share our podcast the encouragers the radio rally podcast and our other podcast the encouragers innovation and audio with others that you know that are interested in the lanes that intersect growing their careers in audio both podcasts are available on itunes spotify and wherever you get your podcast please do remember this be kinder Then you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the radio rally with the encouragers and good
2: night.